Well, we're continuing on with our series on prayer. Are you ready for the word of the Lord? Amen. Oh, well, let's dive in. As we study God's word and aim to learn about this practice of prayer, we talked about in week one how together, as we've leaned into the vision of God, we have made a commitment together to journey deeper in our relationship with the Lord. And one of those ways that we journey deeper is through spiritual practices where we literally practice the way of Jesus together. If you were here week one, you'll remember we said this, spiritual practices help us practice the way of Jesus, believing that practice makes progress. The hope of the good news is indeed that God aims for us to be made like Christ. And one of the ways that that becomes our reality is the ways that we practice the way of Jesus through the spiritual practices. Somebody needs to take account for how many times I say practice today. There should be an award. Week one, we also talked about laying this foundation for our understanding of prayer, how prayer is our opportunity to walk in the garden with God. We looked at that picture of creation before sin had entered the world How humans walked with God in a place of peace where there was no shame. If you remember, we talked about how they experienced friendship with God. They experienced very clear guidance from God. And they received love and acceptance from God. And what is prayer other than an opportunity to experience that in the presence of God? That depth of relationship where peace becomes our reality, where we experience no shame, and we can hear the voice of God guiding our steps. And so that image of being in the garden with God is that death might be all around us, chaos, confusion, hurt, and pain. But in this place where we go with God, there is no shame, no death, But there is life abundantly, full of grace and peace. One of the things I am doing for Lent this year is every work day, so every day that I'm here at the church, I'm dropping off my daughter and coming straight in here (laughs) and spending the first moments of every day on my knees before the Lord in prayer. And, you know, I picture as you, moms, you get this. Dads, you you probably get it too. But, you know, mornings are delightful with children. Mass chaos is typically what we experience. And then sometimes the baby cries the entire way to school, right? And then you just hope they don't scream as you transport them into the classroom, right? Lately, Coco has been going... And I'm like, I don't know which is worse. (laughs) I'm just kidding. That's delightful. I'm like, oh, sweet. Um, But anyways, when when I go from that, like, war zone, and then I open the sanctuary doors and I step in, 
It's like entering the garden with God. And I think that is the gift of prayer that I'm hoping to cultivate is that no matter where we are, even if you're in the middle of five o'clock traffic on a Friday night in Northwest Arkansas, which Mark and I experienced Friday night, you can experience that peace from God. And then last week, it was such a gift to have Ronnie Williams with us, and we, we talked about in the middle of the mystery of prayer and unanswered prayer and answered prayer, we recognize this, that we have given our lives to a God who heals. And we talked about how, even though we don't always understand how it works, that prayer does stuff. And God is our healer, and so out of obedience to the witness of God's word, we pray prayers of healing over one another, asking God for his healing touch. So today we're going to continue this conversation on prayer, and we're going to go to Isaiah chapter 30. And you guys, we're just standing for God's word, so I'm going to invite you to stand in your heart. Give God's word a place of reverence as we read it again today. We'll be in Isaiah chapter 30, verses 18 through 22. Hear the word of our Lord, church. So, the Lord must wait for you to come to him so he can show you his love and compassion. For the Lord is a faithful God, can I get an amen, church? Blessed are those who wait for his help. O people of Zion who live in Jerusalem, you will weep no more. He will be gracious if you ask for help. He will surely respond to the sound of your cries. Though the Lord gave you adversity for food and suffering for drink, he will still be with you to teach you. You will see your teacher with your own eyes. Your own ears will hear him. Right behind you, a voice will say, this is the way you should go, whether to the right or to the left. Then you will destroy all your silver idols and your precious gold images. You will throw them out like filthy rags, saying to them, Good riddance. The word of our Lord. Amen. So as we think about walking in the garden with God, and we recognize that prayer is this exchange. It's not just us anxiously crying out to God over and over again the same things, but it's also receiving back from God. We talk and we listen. Yet I think, church, in this room, every single one of us would probably admit that hearing the voice of God is one of the most frustrating parts of our spiritual journey. If you feel like that's true, can I get an amen? Probably every single one of us at some point in our journey has wondered, gosh, how do I hear the voice of God? I'm just not hearing him. So today, church, stand humbly before you. We're going to try to talk about how we hear the voice of God. 
Let me share a testimony, just my own testimony of some things that I've learned as I have spent time aiming to follow the way of Jesus and hear the voice of God. So I have been a Jesus freak for a long time. I got bit by the Jesus bug real young, and it just held on to me. Now, please don't hear that I was a perfect angel, that I didn't struggle. I did, but the love and obsession with Jesus held me tight. And so from a very young age, I just was a self-proclaimed Jesus freak. But I had a really big struggle with nighttime. For longer than I'd like to admit, I was deathly afraid of the dark. Still struggle with it, to be honest. There will be nights when I'm trying to put my daughter to sleep and I have to cry out to the living God that the presence of God will be real to me as I sit in the pitch black. Still thinking something's going to crawl out of the closet and get me. I don't know what's wrong with me. But truly, death, deathly afraid of the dark... And I can remember well into high school, I would literally sleep with every light on. I couldn't even sleep with a nightlight. I had to have the light switch on. And I had to have worship music blaring. That's how deep my fear was. And I don't even know where it came from. I'm seeing a counselor, I promise. But I just could not sleep. And Specifically, my senior year of high school, I was basically an insomniac because I just was so afraid to go to sleep. And one of the things that I recognize, just so that you're not terribly concerned for me, is that I had recurrent nightmares. And I would have the same nightmare almost every night. And so I was just deathly afraid of what would happen when I closed my eyes. Some of you probably know somebody who struggled with recurrent nightmares. That was me. And so at night, I would become so desperate for the tangible presence of God, for the voice of God. And so with every light on and the worship music blaring, I would sit there and just read God's word for hours because I was terrified to do anything else. And I began to try to listen for God's voice. And one of the things that I noticed was that God in his grace would sometimes speak through my whole body. And there would be nights when I would be in my room, lights on, music blaring, and I would just literally feel like somebody was hugging me. And it wasn't creepy. It was like I knew the difference between darkness and the light of Christ. And I could feel the warmth of somebody holding me. And I would often finally fall asleep. And so I began praying these prayers, and I would pray it over other people in times of distress. God, would you let me feel you right now like a warm blanket being wrapped around me? I need that tangible expression of your love. And I believe that God does that because I've experienced it. So even as I stand before you testifying of hearing God in different ways in my life, I can also testify of seasons where it feels like his voice was nowhere to be found. Ever felt that? So let's go back to our text and see what we can learn from this word in Isaiah. 
Now, some context. Isaiah it was a prophet. And so this word is spoken to the people of God through the prophet Isaiah. Now remember, this prophecy is not necessarily to us, and it's not necessarily for us, okay? This prophecy was a specific word from God to the people of God in that day. However, church... We can learn about the character of God, the heart of God, and the ways of God by by studying the ways that prophets spoke. Does that make sense, the difference between that? So that's what we will aim to do, is learn about the heart of God through the words of this prophet. So let's go back to verses 18 and 19. Look at what it said here. The prophet Isaiah spoke to the people of God, so the Lord must wait for you to come to him so he can show you his love and compassion. For the Lord is a faithful God. Blessed are those who wait for his help. O people of Zion who live in Jerusalem, you will weep no more. He will be gracious if you ask for help. He will surely respond to the sound of your cries. So from the words that the prophet spoke, I think we learn this, church. If we will come, God will be there. That there is something about the faithfulness of God where if we will come, if we will show up, if we will turn and seek God's face, God will be there. That is a mark of his faithfulness. And so there's this peace that even when I don't literally, tangibly hear, feel the the voice of God, when I don't feel the Holy Spirit ooey-gooey's in the presence of God, yet he is there. And so I just want to make space to let the simplicity of that truth to sink in. That God is a relational God. Notice in that text that he doesn't force himself on us. He is waiting to meet us. The picture I was picturing as I was writing this was like, uh, I'm not in this phase with Coco, but I know it's coming. Where you're like, do-do-do, and then you turn around and your kid's like right there and you're about to barrel over them, you know, because they're like right there. That's how I picture God, right? Like the moment we turn... The moment we cry out, he's right there, ready to meet us. And so that's our guarantee in prayer. If we will come, God will be there. He doesn't have hoops for us to jump through. We simply show up, inviting God into our stuff. Whether that looks like pausing in the middle of a stressful moment and breathing the presence of God, We show up in whatever circumstance we find ourselves. So we have to separate human behavior from God's behavior. While I might struggle to show up in other relationships, while I might struggle to show up for God at times, he never fails at showing up for us. And so whatever experience we've had with the human failure, let's separate that from our gracious God and remember that he is there. So today, church, if the practice of prayer feels messy, 
or if God feels distant, or if it feels strange to you right now, receive this with certainty. God is near to you. One of my favorite psalms is Psalm 116, verse 2. And the psalm, the psalmist paints this picture for us. Because he bends down to listen, I will pray as long as I have breath. And I feel like what a gracious, beautiful image of God the Father that when we pray, God's posture is not distant and far off like this. God's posture with us is speak. I'm listening. I'm thankful for that. May we recognize that this is God's pure and holy posture towards us. He's not far off. He's not far to get to. He's ready and willing to be near. And so how do we hear the voice of God? Well, church, we've got to take the step towards him and start the conversation. If we will come, God will be there. Let's look back at verse 21. I love what the prophet said here. The prophet Isaiah said, your own ears will hear him. Right behind you, a voice will say, this is the way you should go, whether to the right or to the left. This is a powerful word from the Lord through the prophet Isaiah. Listen, in that day, people relied almost solely on the prophets to hear from God. That was their main mode of communication from God was through the prophets. And yet here, the prophet Isaiah is saying, you will hear with your own ears the voice of God telling you which way to go. That was a powerful change in their reality. And so church, maybe that's the next step. Maybe you need to hear today, you can hear God. You can. With your own ears, you can hear God. He's ready and willing to speak. Paul, in in, uh, Romans, makes a meaningful observation. We're going to read it, but let me give you some context. So Paul is writing to the church in Rome on sin. And Paul is making statements like, Hearing the law isn't enough. You have to obey the law. And he notes this about the Gentiles. We're going to read it in just a moment. The Gentiles were those who at that time did not have the written word of God like the Jews did, who would have had the first few books of the Bible. They didn't have that, so they didn't have the written down laws of God to read and know. And yet Paul says this of the Gentiles. Look at Romans 2, verses 14 through 15. Hear the word of our Lord. Even Gentiles who do not have God's written law show that they know his law when they instinctively obey it, even without having heard it. They demonstrate that God's law is within their hearts, 
for their own conscience and thoughts either accuse them or tell them they are doing right. Did you catch what Paul recognized? Even without hearing God's word, God's ways, clearly like the Jews had, the Gentiles still somehow made decisions that aligned with God's heart. Such an interesting thing. And so I have to wonder, this idea of our intuition or a conscience, maybe you would call it, or gut feelings, could God be in our gut feelings? Here's my next point. Ask God for a sanctified gut and then listen to your body. Now, I'm going to tell you what I mean because that could sound like some new age mumbo jumbo. But listen, all that is just trying to figure out God's ways. But ask God for a sanctified gut and then listen to your body. Now, Paul observed that as we walk with God in the garden, as we walk with God, learning God's voice, learning God's heart, perhaps this concept of gut instinct can be straight from God. Let me give you a funny example. So in high school, I was in a dating relationship (laughs) that I knew I needed to get out of. But I didn't want to. I'd been dating the guy for like three years. But I knew. I knew it wasn't the relationship for me. And I can remember one night sitting on the front porch and just being like, God, I need you to talk to me. If you do not want me with this guy, use my whole body. I need him to be repulsive to me. You know what happened? Poor guy showed up and he tried to kiss me and I almost threw up. Like literally. Y'all talk about a sanctified gut. God talking his will through my entire body. Now listen, I'm not being silly. I know that's funny. But I just think when we ask, God will speak clearly to us. And he can use our whole bodies to do so. And so we pray for a sanctified whole body, a sanctified gut. I can remember so many times in my life when I've prayed and asked God for direction. And in life, I would begin to take steps in the wrong direction. And I, you know where I would feel it? Right here. And I would know that I was walking in disobedience because my whole body was surrendered to the will of God. And so I had a sanctified body that could hear the voice of God. And then when I began to walk in the right direction, I had peace in my gut. Is this resonating at all? Have you felt this? See, y'all, let me tell you something. I think you hear God's voice all the time. I think you are far more capable of hearing the wisdom of God than you think. I think he's talking, and we just don't even know it sometimes. 
And so may we let our ears and our bodies be retuned to our good God who wants to speak clearly so that we might be obedient. Here's another example. Ever gotten sick after you worked way too hard without taking a day off? Sanctified gut. God is like, I will make you rest. So in the midst of big decisions, it's not uncommon for me to pray prayers like, God, speak to me through my body. Make it so clear to me what your next step is that I will have to deliberately choose to disobey from you because I have heard from you. So maybe a prayer like that will help you. So church, ask God for a sanctified gut and then start listening to your body. Now, obviously, church, our gut is not enough. Our gut is not enough. Let's look at verse 22. Verse 22 said this. After... They heard from the Lord. It says, Then you will destroy all your silver idols and your precious gold images. You will throw them out like filthy rags, saying to them, Good riddance. Do you notice what happened right after they heard with their own ears the direction from God? Did you notice what happened? They then went directly and did the will of God. They heard, and they did the will of God. What does this mean for us? Here's your next point. Always check your gut with scripture. When you feel like God is talking to you through your sanctified gut, the next step is to ask yourself if this aligns with the heart of God. And so what we see through the prophet Isaiah is what they heard, the people heard with their own ears, did in fact align with the heart of God. They went then and got rid of the idols in their life. If you read scripture, that is completely and totally in line with God's heart, with God's best for us. And so you've turned to God. You've sought God. You're thinking God is talking to you through your body. Now you ask does what I'm hearing in my body align with God's heart? Does what I'm hearing in my body align with God's heart? Let me give you an example of sometimes when my body talks that when I compare it to scripture, I know it's wrong because this is real too. Sometimes, this is a confession, one that I'm not proud of, sometimes, around certain types of people, I get anxious. When I'm in a setting and I'm around somebody who's unfamiliar, I get anxious. In my humanity, I know within a matter of seconds, it is not a protective measure of the spirit. It is my own prejudices that are making my body talk. And so what do I do? I put my body talk against scripture and that tells me that what my body is saying is completely out of alignment with Scripture, which tells me to love. 
See what I'm saying? So when God begins talking to us through our physical body, we put it up next to scripture. And when they match, when they align, we know we're hearing from the voice of God. But we also allow scripture to check the times when our body is telling us something that's out of alignment. Another example for you of when this works really well, pick on my husband again. Pastor Mark this week felt in his body that God was telling him to buy coffee for a man on the street. And so what did he do? Check that against scripture, which says things like, feed the hungry and help those who are in trouble. Then your light will shine out from the darkness and the darkness around you will be as bright as the noonday sun. That's from Isaiah 58. Body talk, check it on scripture. Absolutely you buy the coffee for that person in need. Do you see what I'm saying? See, God is good, and he wants us to hear his voice. And I think he's talking to us, and we don't even recognize that he is. So God is near, ready to walk with you. Let God sanctify your whole body. Let God sanctify your gut. Check it against scripture. Because what God asks of us will always align with the heart of God. And anything that we feel like is being asked of us that's out of alignment with the heart of God is another voice trying to talk to us. Let's take it one more step, church. Sometimes I think it's healthy, really healthy, for us to look for one more check when we feel like we're trying to hear the voice of God. Proverbs has quite a bit to say about this. This is Proverbs 12, verse 15. Hear the word of the Lord. Fools think their own way is right, but the wise listen to, what is it, church? Just making sure you're still awake. Fools think their own way is right, but the wise listen to others. We are a part of such a gift. The gift of the community of God is that we don't have to go it alone. Even as we discern the voice of God, the people of God are with us in it. Let me show you what I mean. I feel like we should get really comfortable with this phrase. Kate, hi. I am practicing hearing the voice of God in my life. Can you help me? Does this sound right? See what I'm saying? Stephen and Aaron, I've got a big decision to make. I am practicing hearing the voice of God. Can I tell you what I think I'm hearing and you tell me if I'm crazy? The gift of the body of Christ. So perhaps you're noticing a bit of a process for hearing God's voice. I don't really know that it's a process. These are just some things that I've learned as I've tried to follow the way of Jesus. The first step is always to turn to God and talk to God. Be in relationship with God. And then I think we pray prayers asking for God to sanctify our whole bodies so that he can talk to us through our bodies. 
And then we check what we're hearing against scripture. And then we check it against other people. I forgot to give you the fill in the blank. Sorry, guys, here it is. Invite trusted others into your listening. Invite trusted others into your listening. When we were praying and discerning about moving to Northwest Arkansas, I can remember I was having such a hard time trusting that I was hearing the voice of God. Such a hard time. And really, church, it's because much of my body was telling me, don't move. And I'm pretty sure that was the trauma of moving across the country once speaking and had nothing to do with God. (sighs) And so let me talk about an example of when trusted others come in. So I was trying to hear the voice of God and my body was talking, but I wasn't sure it was talking the right message. And I had this mixed up understanding of what it looked like to give your whole life to Christ. I I had been honestly telling myself that the price that I paid for saying yes to a call to ministry was to basically always be away from my family. That that was like the cross that I bore for being in ministry. And so I went to Dr. Rao, I only share his name because you guys met him, but president of NTS and a mentor of mine, and I just, with tears in my eyes, was telling him about this church, and just, we were talking about our last church and processing it all, and I was telling him all my feelings, and I remember in his wisdom, he stopped me and he said, Jenny, is it possible that God loves you so much that he wants you to live near your family? And that voice, that trusted other, took, in a second, all of my body talk shifted. From the messages of fear and stuckness to a message of peace, where I could just receive this gift that God was trying to give me. And we almost instantly called Dr. Lindstrom and said yes (laughs) to coming here. As your pastor, I use this process with my team, with the pastors at this church. Probably not a single week goes by that I don't, in my own journey as lead pastor, pray and seek the Lord, and I feel like I'm hearing something, and then I go to staff meeting and I say, all right, guys, this is what I'm thinking. Am I crazy? And Pastor Bell always says, yes. Is teasing. And with their wisdom at the table, we wrestle through what I think I'm hearing. And they're invited into that wrestle. And then when we take steps forward, there's a sense of confidence because we've sought God. I've heard him speak to me in my body. I've checked scripture and then I've checked with my people. And there's a sense of holy confidence that God is in the midst of us speaking to us. And so today, I think with all humility 
As a people of prayer, we can have a holy confidence that we can hear the voice of God. So let's be reminded of something from week one. As we spend time in the garden of prayer with God, that time is so vital to hearing the voice of God. Because it's really hard to hear a voice that you aren't familiar with. And so even when we don't have the ooey-gooey feelings of euphoria in prayer, we keep going back to the garden over and over and over again because it helps us learn God. So that we might recognize his voice when we hear it. So how do we hear the voice of God? Not a formula but maybe some helpful things to walk through as you're trying to discern. Turn to God. Listen to your sanctified body. Check what you're hearing with scripture and invite others into your listening. I'm going to invite the worship team to join me. And I'm actually today also going to invite some members of our prayer team to join me down front as we prepare to go into a time of reflection. You'll notice in the coming weeks that it will be normal for us to have some people down front available to pray with you. And we just want to be accessible to you, church, as we're growing in our journey following the way of Jesus we have people who have the gift of prayer available to come alongside you. This is literal, tangible opportunities to invite trusted others into your journey. And so myself, other pastors, will be available to pray with you if you need prayers. They're also perfectly comfortable leaving you alone. But we want to be accessible to you if we can be. Would you stand with me? So I'm going to invite you to pray a couple prayers with me today. You'll know which prayer you need the most. Maybe today your prayer as we reflect, as we set aside time at the altar, maybe you've got to turn. Maybe you recognize that you haven't really been inviting God into your stuff that you aren't in a regular communion with God. And step one today is saying, okay, you've got my attention, God. I'm in the relationship. Let's talk. Maybe today you're like, I need to give God my whole body. I need to recognize, I need to ask God to set aside my gut so that I can hear the voice of God in my whole body. Maybe number three, you're like, I think I'm hearing God, but I don't know that I know his word enough to know his voice. And so maybe today your prayer is, God, reveal your heart to me. Make me hungry for your word. And finally, maybe your last prayer is, I don't know who my trusted people are. I don't even know who I would turn to if I was wanting to discern with somebody. Hi. My name's Pastor Jenny. I would be happy to be your person. But also, maybe today your prayer is, God, show me who my people can be. 
And I would hope that our community groups at BCC serve as that circle. But let's take some time in the garden with God to seek God's heart, to believe in the power of prayers and healing, and cultivate our ability to hear God's voice. Almighty God, you are holy, righteous, King of kings, Lord of lords, and yet, in all your goodness, you bend down to listen to us. And so, God, because you bend down to listen, we will pray. And so, God, in these moments, would you meet us here? Would you help us hear your voice in our day-to-day life? Would you sanctify our whole bodies so that we can have a sanctified gut that as we are walking through life, aiming to follow you, we will feel obedience or disobedience in our whole body. Help us to know your heart and help us to know our people who we can discern with. We give you this time of reflection, Lord. Would you speak to each one of us? In the mighty name of Jesus, I pray. Amen.